I smashed a plate this morning. Yeah. Greek wedding. All ambitious with it. I started. <laughs> I started. I started doing dishes. Five in the morning. One of them slipped out of my yeah, finger, smashed on the floor. I had to run back and wake oh. everybody up. Aren't you? Uh, aren't you everybody's favorite dad? Holy <laughs> shit! Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark Lefave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. All right. Um, so last night, the uh, last night was the Billboard Music Awards. Mark, you actually want to start with that because and just ram or rattle off some of the highlights you just gave us a few minutes ago. Yeah, how do you feel about award shows in the first place? Like, do you do you give them any credit or any, well, any sort of? Why don't we just cachet. talk about that very thing? That's, you know what? I'm going to probably take some of that cash away away from you in just a sec. Post Malone was the big winner uh, yesterday. He got was it 16 nominations or 15 nominations, Chris? He uh, he won nine Billboard 16, uh, Music yeah. Awards though. Uh, you know, I mean, he won for like top new artist. He won for top rap artist, uh, top male artist. Um, Harry Styles was a big winner last night. Billie Eilish was a big winner last night. Um, there, I mean, there are some of the categories where you read it and you're like, how is how is it even fair that this person was in this category to compete against these other people? Like, uh, what do we got? Top uh, top rock. Uh, where do I got top rock one? That always pisses people off. The top rock tour at the Billboard Awards went to Elton John beating out uh, beating out actual rock bands Metallica and the Rolling Stones. Um, well, whatever. <laughs> top rock artist. So we, we've talked about this a few times about how maybe rock's in a, in a little bit of a lull right now. And I would say when Panic at the Disco is winning for top rock artist, we are definitely in a rock lull right now. Good yeah. Lord. Beat out Tool. So there you go. And uh, Kanye, Kanye was a big winner last night, not in any rap category, but he won. He won for top Christian art. Oh, sorry. He was nominated for top Christian artist. My bad. Someone else won that. But he did win for top gospel artist. Come on. Yeah. He beat out. He beat out Sunday service choir. And uh, Chris, you might know some of these other names. Tasha Cobbs Leonard and Corinne Hawthorne and Kirk Franklin. Mm hmm. These are the other yeah, gospel Kirk artists. Kanye, idea, right? Kanye, yeah, Kanye was the big winner there. Yeah, oh, not, that's, not that's anymore. Crazy. Kanye the, is the, the big. Kanye is the legend now. <laughs> uh, I'll like interject here. To me, to be honest. Yeah, he went for top it. Christian album. For you're, you're going to win top Christian album when you name your album "Jesus Is King." So good on Kanye. Mm, he, uh, fair enough. He knows this audience. Pandering. <laughs> Yeah, he did win for top gospel album, beating out Kirk Franklin for that album. Jesus is King. So, yeah, pandering. <laughs> Jesus is the best. <laughs> I'll give Paul credit that for the fact that he even knows some of these names. And 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 I, I like. I looked at the list. I, I I just I was going through, you know, scrolling through news and shit, just in a bit of spare time, and I saw oh the Billboard Music Awards tonight, and looked at the list of nominees for everything. <laughs> And literally, just I couldn't give two fucking rats shits. Like, <laughs> it just, I, it, I just, I, I know that. What, what, what's the cutoff age? It's supposed to be when you hit thirty that you really aren't as interested in new music anymore. Yep. I, I definitely fall in that list. Like, I, I, I'm not going to try to pretend to be the cool dad here. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, not well, not to rain in the parade. It's great that, no, you, yeah. you, but I just I looked at it and just went. I I I wouldn't know ninety percent of the people on this list if I hit them simultaneously with my car. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this though: congratulations to 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 Lil Nas. And if you think of the sort of the world that we live in right now, that is so dis- divisive, and everybody's fighting about everything, to have an African American homosexual be at the top of the country charts is is saying something and and he also revived billy ray cyrus's career so he was uh, he was a big winner last night he won for top streaming song top selling song and uh top uh top hot 100 song lil nas billy ray cyrus for old town road so good for him 
That's huge. No, it, it, the Billboard Music Awards is about uh, primarily about what sells and what's been played uh, on any number of different uh, media platforms. Radio include used to be radio, but now it's it's every streaming service. And I'm not even sure if they've included TikTok in their algorithm. Uh, I'm not seeing TikTok it's, anymore. It's, kind of a, it's not about uh, it's not about taste. It's really about <laughs> what is really working. But the Billboard Music Awards is the music industry's way of patting itself on the back and selling yeah. even more records. That's the whole point. It's yeah. no coincidence it takes place in the fall right before Christmas. And I know that seems um, a little early right now, but a lot of new releases are centered around this time of year to get people to buy records. <laughs> At least traditionally, that was the case. Mm. The world has changed in a big kind of way because. Well, strange. yeah, exactly. And and it's funny because everybody sort of thinks is the Billboard music is being you know geared towards young people, my daughter's generation, sort of thing. And I suppose it is, but it's yeah, it's ultimately. Uh, it's 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 decided uh, who participates and who gets nominated and who wins is ultimately decided by a bunch of radio uh, and uh, music business uh, execs, which right. you know, which are are, are basically m- me. Uh, at least in terms of demographic, it's predominantly you know middle aged white dudes who are running that show. Um, so. Yeah, I, I just uh, I it's it at award shows in general. I, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the MTV awards. Used to be really really good, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, I th- I agree. I think that was part of the and it's part of the reason that it's the only reason that I watch these things and I actually record them is for the live performances because MTV yeah. Music Awards yeah. used to be awesome. Like you know, I mean Michael Jackson with the first ever Moonwalk. Uh, you look at some of the Grammy performances where you put two artists that generally don't perform together together and you get a lot of those really cool collaborations last night Sia performed so I'm kind of bummed out that I didn't get a chance to see her perform because she's awesome um, so yeah you do miss out on uh, on some of those great live performances at those things but otherwise I mean they're giving away fucking surfboards and <laughs> I mean it's not for best they're sliming people with green oh wait no that's a different award show but you get the idea <laughs> yeah. it's not the Oscars so well, you did mention uh, the Grammy Awards where they take artists from two different genres and slap them together. Some are great and some like, maybe we should not have done that. <laughs> yeah, some are And one that comes to mind immediately, which leads me right into my first story here. Segway, segway, segway. When they put Taylor Swift and Stevie Nicks together to sing Rhiannon. And it was a, you, you thought, hey, this might work. And it was awful. And the first thing you would think is that, oh, it's going to be awful because it's Taylor Swift. And no, it's because it's Stevie Nicks who could barely sing anymore. Mm-hmm. God rest her soul. And I know I may offend some people because some people put Stevie Nicks on this pedestal. That's well, so she high. is, but she, th- that's where it belongs. <laughs> I, I think she sounds like a bleeding sheep, you know? <laughs> oh, you just well, a bleeding sheep. <laughs> Uh, can you, can we pause this while I wonder? While I wonder what that sounds like. Um, now, Polly, have you always felt that like Stevie Nicks always has sounded like that, or just Stevie oh, Nicks listen, today? Hey, not gonna, not going to, not gonna knock or bat away a lot of the great songs that I love her for. I love some of those early Fleetwood Mac things that she did, you know. Um, but even when I hear at seventeen and. A lot of that stuff is like, oh, just, oh, it's just, I just don't get it. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's just me. I love Stevie Nicks. Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I would roll over naked through broken glass to spend a minute with Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks. (laughs) There's a bleeding sheep right there. (laughs) But there you go. Uh, There's a bleeding sheep. But yeah, then (laughs) then I'm with Paul. She loses me right around edge of 17 and, and leather and lace and everything beyond that. I just, nah. Well, here's the huge crossover. Speaking about Billboard and speaking about Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks, my first story deals with Fleetwood Mac's song Dreams, which finds itself on the Hot 100 once again. Uh, We always start to have you seen this? That's often what you get in a conversation. Have you seen the video of? Have you seen the TikTok of the dude riding on a skateboard along to uh, Fleetwood Mac's Dreams while drinking uh, a cranberry juice, an ocean spray cranberry juice. Is yes. there, have you guys seen this? Yeah, no. there's, a, there's, a, there's a Halloween costume now of that guy. Okay. So this thing <laughs> is humongous. And what's great yeah. about it is the dude riding the skateboard, he's, he's filming himself as he's doing it, and he's really chill. He's a middle-aged guy. Well, he looks like a middle-aged guy. 
and he's just cruising and it is a great video and it is huge now and it's spread across everywhere so much for so much so that it finally came to the attention of the gang in Fleetwood Mac uh, Mick Fleetwood the drummer of Fleetwood Mac decided to sort of recreate the video of him on a skateboard drinking an ocean spray to his own song the thing is is that I think there's a I think there's some I think he's standing on a platform and a car is towing him in behind yeah. dude's not skateboarding looks like he's on a running board or something like that but it's kind of funny and now finally Stevie Nicks who's just just opened up her TikTok account this past week has done her own version of the song of her singing along to her own song while sitting in her house lacing up uh, roller skates. Now, what roller skates and skateboards have to do, I don't know, other than they both have wheels, and the fact that she's singing the song. <laughs> but, yeah, if you so, haven't so, seen Somebody it, throw another awards show, because Stevie needs something better to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She can do a collaboration with Kanye on his next yeah, gospel but, album. But this is the thing about, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are on TikTok, I am not. Um, no, I'm not 12. So <laughs> Yeah, well, well, it's interesting. when w- This sort of came to my attention in an article about one year ago today, and I was reading this article about how this new social media platform was a threat to YouTube and to Spotify and other streaming services. I said, okay, what could it possibly be? And what TikTok does is that its users uh, use music – as a background to all their dancing videos or whatever they're doing, smashing beer cans across their heads. That's like Vine. They're really, really short. But what they are is they're a lot of fun. Now, this platform was especially big in China and in India, and they figured that this thing is going to spread wildfire. Why was the industry concerned about this? The music industry as well, too, is because they had no control. (laughs) Yeah. And kids were picking up on these songs. In other words, the thing was is that People are not only using music, but maybe this was a music platform that you could break music with as well, too. Along comes Fleetwood Mac's Dreams, which is, this is on top of my head, at least 40 years old. And it's in the top 100 right now. And there wasn't a record industry executive that saw it coming or couldn't make it happen. I, uh, suddenly, I, I almost want to open a, tic, uh, open a TikTok account. I, I will tell you that TikTok is a lot of fun. I also say that the death of TikTok is the moment that Ben McVie and Stevie Nicks opened up TikTok accounts. <laughs> I, 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 no, I say that because there was a time there was a time when Facebook was the big thing. And as soon as mom and dad started opening up account, all the kids hopped off of it. And the great thing about TikTok is that it's easy. It's 10 seconds long. And you're in and you're out and you can do whatever you want to with it, you know. Mm. And so that's where a lot of people are going to it. More than anything, it's fun. When you go to it, you may there are things you're going to like and the things you're not going to like, but it's fun. And which you don't get on Facebook. Facebook is just like you just want to gouge your eyes out sometimes. Twitter, even worse. What happened to all the fun? You can find it on TikTok. There's okay. lots of great, there's lots of great stuff. Just people doing stupid dance moves and all the rest. And sure enough, your grandma's down there probably Aww. as well too. Man, this know, is this is like this is like. Movement. This is like when Noah has her friends over and I walk out in the living room in my underwear. I just love ruining a good time. So I'm getting that TikTok account. One of, one of the big one of the big appeals of TikTok as well. I, I was a big fan of Vine um, yeah. personally. Uh, I was really sad to see that go because I thought it was really hilarious to see what the people could accomplish in just four seconds with TikTok, it's it's 10 seconds for sure but but one of the big things is is technology's come a long way since vine mm-hmm. uh and more specifically like cell phone recording technology's come a long way so True. now with these with these TikTok videos you're able to edit uh, using third-party apps or the actual app to a point where it's just it's it looks like you're watching like like a Matrix recreation or some shit like the stuff that people are able to do with just their phones it's a lot more open so the, a lot of these videos are way more creative and 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 there's people that are really diving into that stuff too which is super cool and don't forget TikTok was the uh, the TikTok community with the community that. Uh, wrecked one of Donald Trump's conventions the earlier this year, right? Yeah, the Tulsa, Oklahoma one, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and what was great, what was really interesting about that moment was the fact that none of the adults could figure out 
how this was happening. How could this possibly be <laughs> happening? Who, who would dare scam us, you know? And this is what's great about this format is that it has an undercurrent. It's an underground format mm-hmm. that billions of people in the world have. It's amazing. Nobody's mm-hmm. really realized its potential. And I asked, when I asked my nieces and nephews about it last Christmas, I said, so what's your feelings about TikTok? I got these blank stares. Now it's a different thing altogether. Yeah, ask, ask him that question again. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's, you know, you ask anybody who's 20 years of age, they're not sharing their Facebook post. They're sharing this stuff instead. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's switch gears here. America, the, the uh, uh, of course, the election south of the border is just, uh, it's a show. <laughs> of the of the shit variety. Sorry, I haven't heard of it. What, which election are we talking about? <laughs> uh, in the on? old school, in the old school of rap, perhaps the most outspoken rappers on racism in America. You could line them up: Ice T, Public Enemy, and N.W.A. with Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. Well, recently Ice Cube has come up with a something called the. Uh, where is it? It is called The Contract with Black America. And here's what he says about it. By the way, he's being accused of joining the dark side. Okay, Ice Cube has been accused of joining the Mm. Trump campaign. And people are going, what? So first thing, let me talk about this thing, The Contract with Black America. He says, quote, the problems facing America are too deep and wide to simply reform one area or another. The contract says that long-lasting solutions demand a comprehensive, thorough rethink of America so that each new approach in each area supports the success of others. This contract with Black America will provide conceptual approaches in several areas. I think his mom wrote that one, but he's a pretty smart dude, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It goes on on to detail 13 different areas of improvement. Now, he put it out there. And apparently the Democratic Party said, yeah, we're kind of interested in this black contract with America. Um, But listen, we'll deal with this after the election. However, the Trump campaign got in touch with them and said that they would like to incorporate some of his ideas uh, into something that the White House calls the platinum plant. (laughs) Of course, Donald Trump would have something called the platinum plant and try to get Ice Cube's new plan for this contract with black America. It uh, Donald Trump's (laughs) platinum plan promises to increase access to capital in black communities by almost five hundred billion dollars by creating five hundred thousand black owned businesses and three million new jobs for for the black community, as well as better access to education and job training. Do you believe he's actually going to do this? No, I don't. But Uh, wait, 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 wait. No. Go. <laughs> but it's so called one, the Platinum Plan, though. You can't renege on a on a plan called the Platinum Plan. Yeah, no. it's, it's foolproof. It's like a gold card. It's, it's going to be finished after the wall. <laughs> exactly. Right. I don't believe this in a million years. I think he's I think he's uh, ingratiating himself to him. But here's the deal: is a fan stepped out and he says, "Dude, have you just?" Are you working with the dark side? Like, dude, you I mean you're you're the guy that wrote straight out of Compton and and you know all, all of that stuff. Well, Ice Cube replied. He says, you know, every side is the dark side for us here in America. They're all the same until something changes for us. They all like and they're all alike and they all cheat. But we can't afford not to negotiate with whoever is in our in power. Or our condition in this country will never change. Our justice is bipartisan, and so he's just saying is that hey, you know, we got to we got to talk to somebody about this whole thing. We just can't sit here and wait for our team to get in power, or we're never going to be able to pro- have any progress. And I kind of yeah. thought about this. I kind of thought about this, and I it's it's unbelievable the man that wrote all those those all those all those songs about racism in America and his neighborhood would join up with Trump. But I, I thought about Martin Luther King, and if you really know his story, and I don't want to get all schooly teacher on you here, but Martin Luther King realizes that to get to get where he wanted to go, that he would have to negotiate. He, he couldn't have it all in the first go. And he was working with LBJ at the time, and he realized, you know what? 
steps at a time. We need to have steps at a time to get where we get where we have racial equality in America. Uh, yeah, and he was able to achieve that to a certain amount of degree. A certain degree, there was there were big bills that LBJ passed that were just those steps to equality in America. They're hardly there at all. In fact, there have been more steps backwards than forwards. But for Ice Cube, he says, "Hey, dude, we can't sit sit with our we can't sit on our hands right now. We got to do something." It's just strange that it's him. It's I, like it's, I it's agree. an interesting. Go ahead, Mark. So I was going to say, I mean, Trump is Trump is not LBJ. Trump is not a social no. <laughs> social reformer. Uh, you know, what I mean, that's uh, that's rolling out civil rights uh, legislation for for Black Americans. He is uh, actually the Antichrist, and uh, you know, the whole like both sides are dark. Any other time, I would agree with that. This time, one side is clearly darker than the other side, and when when, when it's when it's trivialized or when it's like, well, they're all fucking criminals. Yes, they are, but I think we can all probably admit that uh, right now, the past three three and point seven five years have not been America's finest uh, finest time. Uh, and not to say when LBJ was president, they were either, because this is when they were, uh, you mean, going into Vietnam War and all this kind of stuff, but. From a from a civil and and, and social justice perspective, um, we're, we're talking in two different times. Um, so yeah. I, again, I just I hate when people do that. Well, they're both criminal. Yeah, you know what? All politicians are fucking just pieces of shit. They're actually real people that are actually trying to do uh, good things. Most of them. Um, <laughs> that idiot in the states is not, uh, and you can't. You can't say, I mean, well, Martin Luther King, you mean, joined forces essentially with the, these higher ups, these LBJs. And then uh, uh, Nixon after that. Why? Well, no, I don't even. Did he make it to Nixon? Yes, he made it to Nixon um, compared to what's going on now. Like, it's. Yeah, I, I don't know what's. I don't shame know what's on, going shame on. on Ice Cube. <laughs> shame on Ice Cube. Exactly. You know. Yeah, well, for, for three more weeks in American politics, the, the saying used to be, to be the man, you have to beat the man. But while Trump's around, to be the man, you had to please the man. And so, yeah, you know, fair enough. That'll, that'll change in three weeks, hopefully. And, God, and, yeah, and yeah, shame on Ice Cube. You can't cozy up to that guy. You can't. I don't like the, the thing. The thing is, is like I, I Trump has a way of like co-opting any celebrity political involvement. So like, sure he does. I, it doesn't surprise me that he would jump on something like this. And like from Ice Cube's perspective, it's like you're not you can't just wait around to for to make progress only when there's a democratic president in the office so it's like you know you gotta you gotta chip away at the edges regardless of where it is and you know whether it's just trump trying to like get goodwill ahead of the election and and score political points who cares like if it means that there's like meaningful progress it doesn't matter who what doofus is in the office because they're all they're all ridiculous you know what i mean like biden's like fucking barely knows where he is you know what i mean they're all (laughs) they're all ridiculous so it's like it doesn't matter like if if you can if you can manipulate the political game to, to your advantage or to the advantage of like black people at large. I mean, yo, get get your hat, throw your hat in the ring, and you know, shake a couple hands. You know. Okay. All right. Let's get into something. What was the last concert you guys went to? Oh Jesus! You're asking that this year? Kale- um, uh, Kaleo. Yeah, exactly. I went to go see. Nobody can remember, right? No, yeah, right. It's it's it been that long. Like two years ago. Um, yeah. I, I think we're all aware of how everything has shut down, and we also know that it's a bit of a crisis for every business, be it be it you know the food business and the restaurant business to airlines to the concert business, of course, uh, and you know and the. People are in, you know, sound and lighting crews and all that stuff. The, the crisis is across the board. A lot of people are out of work and this shut down. Uh, this weekend, they're holding something um, called the uh, Save Our Stages uh, podcast. It's a three-day virtual podcast to support independent stages, independent concert venues in the United States. Uh, it will include 35 artists and 20, uh, who will be performing on 25 independent concert venues across America. You can watch this thing on YouTube. In fact, there's an official YouTube channel. Look for Save Our Stages. Everybody from the Foo Fighters to Miley Cyrus to Rise Against will be playing at this thing. So that's kind of cool. I'm not sure if you've ever watched. I'm not sure if you guys have ever watched a YouTube event. It's pretty cool. It really is. It's it's really like watching it on television. Yeah, there it is on your device. You know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
I, I like think, to, you know, I love the idea too. Cause yeah, I, I mean, they, it's probably a matter of time before there's something similar held in Canada because all of these independent, uh, you know, small stage music venues are just taking a shit kicking right now. So See, I'm, not I, really I'm fully sure behind what, the initiative. I was never, as I read through this whole thing, I was trying to find like, what's the real purpose here? Are they raising money or is it, it's awareness, awareness of what? We all know that everybody is desperate and having a hard time. I'm not sure. I'm just I'm, I'm probably going to jump into this thing with some guilty pleasure and just enjoy the performances. Uh, not being able to do anything about the independent concert venues in the United States. Here in Canada, we've heard all about them. It's not easy to see a concert venue. They're all struggling. All of our favorite places to drink a beer and watch our favorite artists um, are really having a hard time these days. So I'm, I'm, I definitely I'm, get it. Our band's playing on the 30th of October. Um, so far, I know that we're allowed 50 people inside. Yeah. They have to be distanced. And and uh, I found this out last night. As the singer, I have to sing behind plexiglass. Yeah, and probably no one in the crowd is probably allowed to sing either. They won't be allowed to sing with you. <laughs> so don't do, that, don't do that thing where you stop singing and you hope the crowd's going to kind of fill it in because they're not. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm running with it. Uh, I figure we're a tragically hip tribute and Gord Downey is famous for making up stories. So if I'm singing behind plexiglass, I'm definitely working on a rant about being a hockey dad. <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah. <laughs> yeah. seriously. I, uh, I'm not t- kidding. I, I got to work on a hockey dad story. A timekeeper in the NHL, built-in, guys. It's a built-in prop. Like, I, and yeah, let me be more true. Canadian and Gord Downey than yeah. doing a rant about a hockey dad. Just bang, you gotta, you gotta use it as a segue into the lonely end of the rink. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Ben's gonna play the uh, play the part of a hockey dad during the bridge of New Orleans is sinking, yelling yeah. at the ref <laughs> on the plexiglass. That's the. the pl- Polly, yes, yes. <laughs> stream a guy. Exactly. Cool. It's, uh, I got to use that to my advantage. All right. I, I can't believe I'm singing behind plexiglass. It's just wow. Wow. Uh, speaking about uh, your band there and our friend Gord Downey, there's a new record on the way. We spoke about this. Um, we spoke about this earlier. Uh, Gord, the anniversary of Gord Downey's death is this coming Saturday. And uh, to celebrate the day before, which is tomorrow, we'll see the release of his final recordings. These are not the last things we're going to get in terms of releases, but these are the last recordings that he did before he passed away. Uh, The album is called Away Is Mind. It is 10 songs. There are two versions of each song, kind of like an acoustic version and electric version. And there's a new song that was just released yesterday called Hotel Worth. So let's get into some new music here. It's interesting. Uh, who was it, Chris? You said, what do you think about Greta Van Fleet and this whole, they uh. sound like Led Zeppelin thing. Greta Van Fleet have a new song called uh, My Way Soon. Stair- Stairway There's to no heaven. details uh, when this album or EP is going to come out. But he says, what do you think about these bands that sound like another one? Greta Van Fleet, when they came out, what was that, three years ago? Uh, I think it was Highway Song. It's like, oh, my God, it sounds like Led Zeppelin recreated. In fact, it sounded like a copycat band. And there was a lot of discussion trying to discredit these guys. Now, you have to understand that these are these are brothers who grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and listened to Led Zeppelin in their basement because of their dad's record collection. And what do you do is that you, you know, when you're starting out a band, you do covers and you emulate your heroes. Uh, Mr. Ben McVie knows this because he is in a Tragically Hip covers band. Yeah. And the thing is, is that he's singing Tragically Hip songs. You know what I mean? And and filtering those songs through his own interpretation of it. That's a little bit different than being a covers band is different than being a band that plays original music, but damn it. It sounds like a photocopy of the original. And, and I hear Greta Van Fleet. There's two things I hear a band trying too hard to sound like their heroes yet. They brought back some fun and excitement to rock when it was so badly needed. And that's where I'm kind of at odds with that band. It's like okay, uh, okay. Can I jump in? Yeah, please do. I, I, I would feel hypocritical. Uh, it like okay. So my my take on bands that sound like other bands is if you do it well enough, power to you. Mm-hmm. Secondly, in the case of Led Zeppelin, I would find it highly hypocritical to say I don't like a band who jumped onto a style of music uh, and and made it you know made it their own 
when Led Zeppelin did the exact same goddamn thing. Led Zeppelin's Led Zeppelin's a really loud blues band playing really loud blues standards. So you can't know. I, I, I'm it, sorry, the, the Greta Van Fleet knock just does not register with me. It, I Greta, find it. The, I find it hypocritical. The Greta Van Fleet thing specifically, though, like it sounds like the singer's doing a Robert Plant impression. Yeah, like yeah. it's not. It's not. It's not as simple as like Whoa. you know saying the same old blues songs. Like this guy literally, like you close your eyes and you you you'd have a hard time distinguishing between the two. Oh, I agree with that. And it's clearly intentional. Like there's no argument that you could make that it's just oh we've never heard of Led Zeppelin. Like this is something that like they've clearly they're they're clearly just you know piggybacking off of a band that no longer creates music anymore. That's where I take issue with it. Like, I feel like I get everybody's obviously able to do it and you could do whatever you want. But for me, like, I feel like to, so to ma- as an artist, if you were to make a legacy just by basically copy, carbon copying somebody other else's style from 40 years ago, what's the point, right? Like, you're, if, you're not moving so- anything forward. Okay, but if the songs were the same and the singer sounded like Lou Rawls instead of Robert Plant... Hmm. Would would Greta Van Fleet then suddenly be okay? Do, oh, that's a you good know question. I, I think yeah. And, and, I think and, and, probably you, yeah. If I you think, can I think shut, yeah. Sorry, so go ahead, Chris. I think no. I, I think I think there's there there's definitely a focus on the singer specifically. Oh, agree. When the singers yeah. sound exactly the same, that's when people get their backs up. I mean, there's a lot of bands that sound like Led Zeppelin musically for sure. Um, but when I don't know what it is about having a lead singer that sounds identical to the original singer yeah especially especially yeah especially a lead singer that has such a distinctive voice like robert plant it's not like i mean like i'd like him to do my answering machine (laughs) so people would know who he was um but uh yeah like the first time i heard it i was like holy fuck did they have like unreleased zeppelin tunes or something like that like it's a good song i like it and the whole like i mean these two brothers sitting and listening to that growing up like how do you not end up sounding like the person that you've listened to every day mm-hmm. for, I mean, your childhood so, when you were growing up into music. So. Right. Uh, another day I'm going to bring up about how Elvis Presley's, uh, some of his singing style was completely ripped off. I've heard demo recordings of things mm-hmm. like All Shook Up. And you think of some of, the, about some of the mannerisms, the vocal mannerisms that are in that song. You know, when you get a demo recording from a songwriter, they sing it. And they do it the way that they compose the song in their garage, in their living room, wherever, kitchen or whatever. And they send it to the artist. It's really up to the artist. says, okay, I know the framework of the song. And now I'm going to put my own personality into it. In some instances, some of Elvis's most famous songs, he didn't do that. A lot of the hiccups and the pauses and some of the Elvis-isms are actually somebody else's. He was known for ripping a lot of people off, but we'll do, we'll save that for another day. By the way, to end this Greta Van Fleet thing about this new song called My Way Soon, what does it sound like? It does not sound like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> it it, it kind of sounds like... Uh, the Doors. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it kind of sounds, I, I guess, like the the way the Black Crows kind of sound a lot, uh, sound a lot like Humble Pie and a lot of the British influences that they mm. have. So, so they don't sound like the band trying to be Led Zeppelin wannabes, and it's just okay. <laughs> because uh, which, I say they'll regret that move. <laughs> they'll regret it. Yeah, no, they should have stuck um, with it. A year ago, there was a big tribute concert to uh, Chris Cornell that took place in Los Angeles. And Soundgarden uh, invited, and, and uh, Chris Cornell's wife invited a number of his, of his peers to come and perform some of those old songs. And it was a pretty big, uh, pretty big show. I watched a, a lot of it on YouTube, at least the highlights anyways. One of the more interesting guest artists to come up there to sing Soundgarden stuff was Brandy Carlisle. I'm not sure if you know who Brandy is, but she is a the coach of the Anaheim Ducks there for a little while, <laughs> <laughs> and the Leafs. <laughs> he had trouble with the toaster with the Leafs. Sorry, 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 Paul. Brandy Carlisle. Okay, story's over. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Stanley <laughs> Cup winner Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> Brandy Carlisle is one of the uh, one of the one of the big voices in Americana and in country music. 
if anything else. And so she stepped to the mic, up to the mic to sing Black Hole Sun with Soundgarden playing in behind her. And many people thought it was the highlight of the night. Really? Cool. You remember when, remember when Metallica got on stage with Lady Gaga uh, to sing at the Grammy Awards and how that seemed like it was going to be the worst thing that ever happened? It actually was the worst thing because the sound drop, dropped out. Metallica were playing furiously away, and Lady Gaga's mic dropped out. Yeah. So what we were left with was the rehearsal videos, and Gaga actually sounded pretty good. Yeah, she she's did. she's super talented. She can she can sing with anybody. Right. Okay. So Brandy Carlisle's not Gaga. She doesn't have that big voice that Gaga can sometimes pull out, but she is a great interpretive singer. And she is one of the ambassadors for Record Store Day, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. So she approached the guys in Soundgarden and said, hey, how would you... Would you guys back me up if I did a couple of Soundgarden covers and we press this into a 12-inch and we sell this whole thing? And they said yes, because when we did this tribute concert a year ago, it was so great. So they're doing two songs. They've done a recording of Black Hole Sun and Searching With My Good Eye Closed. (gasps) No. From, from the Bad Motorfinger record, exactly. And I'm going to be interested to hear it. And they and, and when you read the interviews with the guys in Soundgarden, they uh, it was the most exciting thing that's happened to them in years because apparently it works. So that's wow. going to be pressed in. Nice. So that's coming out on Record Store Day, which is October the 24th. It will be a limited edition 12-inch vinyl release. What makes me so suddenly excited about this is they're doing a B-side and like one of my favorite Soundgarden B-sides. That's really cool. Yes, if you didn't if you didn't hear me say that, she's doing Black Hole Sun and the song that Ben's all excited. Searching with my good eye good closed. Eye, oh, such a good song. Right on. <laughs> nice. And by the way, can I throw into the list? Because oh, I, I don't know if it was at that tribute show, but somewhere I saw Miley Cyrus. Uh, she performed Say Hello to Heaven. Yeah. And and slammed it out of the yeah. park. She did. Uh, she did a great job on it. It yeah. was fantastic. I'm not, a fan, I'm not a fan of her, but she's got a good voice. Earlier, and I'm oh, sorry. What was that, Mark? Oh, I was just gonna say I'm not a I'm not a huge Miley Cyrus fan, but uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. She can uh, she can bang out some songs. Yeah. yeah, earlier in the COVID times, one of those one of those COVID broadcasts was on TV. She did uh, was it "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd and nailed it. You know, nailed it. She's yeah. I I really I've really come to respect her a whole lot. She's, she I, did, I really, uh, she did yeah, Tom Petty's "Wildflowers" too. I'm a good. big fan. Big fan. So I mentioned earlier that this is the time of year when a lot of releases come out and a lot of a lot of deluxe, super deluxe anniversaries issues are coming out. And I'll just run these off real fast. Tears for Fears are doing an anniversary <laughs> edition of The Seeds of Love. Shoved. Funny as I... <laughs> that song's from the big chair but this is sowing the seeds of love oh there was, yeah. a tenth, there was funny there was a 10th anniversary edition of this thing and i guess they're putting it a 30th anniversary or whatever it is okay um, so on the, same, wait, on the same day we've got a story about greta van fleet not so but we have a 10th anniversary platinum release of a song that sounds just like i am the walrus <laughs> no kidding right I'm just saying <laughs> just saying uh 50th anniversary of the morrison hotel album a super deluxe version of Black Sabbath's Paranoid album. I saw that uh, one, yeah. Um, the Kinks. You know the song Lola? It came from an album called Lola versus the Powerman. There's an anniversary edition of that. <laughs> last week, it was John Lennon. We talked about that in our last show. Uh, it's the collection called Gimme Some Truth. There's really nothing new in this collection. Apparently, if you are an aficionado, you will enjoy these sparkling clean remixes of all the songs. Okay. That was to celebrate uh, Lennon's 80th birthday last week. And um, Neil Young uh, is going to open up the archives. It's ridiculous. This guy had it, rec- it was hitting record when he was sleeping, and he's got everything, <laughs> and he's releasing everything. Famously, he created something called archives, and these things were like I think ten discs of stuff he's never released before. And you could get it if you subscribe to his website. It came out as a big, like a big filing cabinet drawer. Now Archives 2 is coming out, and this is just yeah. a five-year period of it. Meanwhile, he continues to release even more releases. It's ridiculous. Somehow, somehow I can picture Neil Young having enough music in the vault that he will be able to continue releasing music longer than Keith Richards lives. <laughs> and that's saying something. And that's saying something. 
impressive. Especially because he, he only uses three chords. <laughs> how, can, oh, how can you write man, all those songs man. with fucking there's, G, there's C, three and good A? chords, though. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Last week we were talking about the dude. There was a country artist that was invited to be the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. I can't remember the guy's name is, yeah. the, and he was the first uninvited ever music guest to uh, Saturday Night because he broke. Yeah, he, he broke their he broke their uh, pro, their COVID protocols. He, he was posting videos of him out partying with his dudes, and they said, "Sorry, you can't do that. You're supposed to be on. You're supposed to be in quarantine, you idiot." <laughs> I, uh, I've so, told that story since since you told us about that. I bet you I've told three or four people that story, and all are equally astonished. So the stand-in was Jack White, um, and. Um, with uh, Eddie Van Halen's passing uh, still uh, in the hanging in the air, you wondered what he was going to do because um, he apparently has been playing uh, one of uh, Wolfgang Van Halen's customized guitars that Eddie designed for him and stuff like that. I'm not sure if he played it, but there was a point in the second song that he performed where he's doing the finger tapping. All right, what's the big deal about that? But what you really needed to see was his performance on the show because it made me believe that rock and roll still has a, still has a chance because it just was raw and electric. He was playing blues songs, which nobody would even dare do any longer. And it was one of those, one of those sit on the edge of your chairs type of performances on Saturday night live. Yeah. Also, if you were a drummer's drummer, you had to see the drummer's kit. Now, most of you guys know when you see the classic drum kit is all the toms and drums are facing you in this rack, an array, right? This drummer's drum heads were faced away from the drummer. And that's because the drummer was sitting up high on a stool or he would stand up. If you're a fan Mm. of the Arcade Fire, I think you understand what I mean here. It's like, yeah. And so this guy's kit was set up facing away towards the lead singer. It was, and you had to see this guy drum. Mm. You know, there are very few moments that I'm going to say, you should see this, but that was one of it. If it's online, check out Jack White on Saturday Night Live last week. I really think, yeah, it'll make you feel good. Yeah, that's still to this day. I asked Chris the question one time, have you ever had tickets to something that you you didn't end up going to? And you had said uh, SARS stock was a big one for you. For me, it it was a Jack White concert uh, that me and my buddy just got way way too shit-faced at the uh, real sports bar right across from the acc to the point where we went to the concert for a minute or so i remember seeing jack white on the stage and then the next thing i remember was having somebody wake me up on the go train at the burlington go station saying i think this is the station you said you needed to get off at to which i looked down and i'm covered in my own puke staggered across that underneath the walkway to get to my car just so i could charge my phone to call my wife who was actually in the parking lot waiting for me and had been trying to call me for about four fucking hours. Wow. Still not as bad as my, yeah, still not as bad as my buddy who I went to the concert with that wasn't on the train with me that called his wife from the fucking Ripley's Aquarium in downtown Toronto and asked her to pick him up. That is Jack insane. White concert. Good times. I won those tickets on Y108 too, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Wow. I, so this this may put me at odds with all three of you guys, but I'm really not a big Jack White fan at all. Oh, that's it. I don't, I, don't yeah. <laughs> that's I, I don't I don't know what it is about it because a lot it's really funny. Like you know, a lot of the things that you could say about Jack White, and a lot of the things that I don't like about Jack White, you could say exactly the same things about Arcade Fire. And I, I love Arcade Fire. Just uh, just to throw it as an example, like you know, I, I don't like like the the his aesthetic. I think his his songs are a little bit too like I, I don't know. He seems a little pretentious to me. And again, all of these things you can all of these things you can do is, is you you can you can you can call uh, Arcade Fire that way as well. But like. You know, I, I just for me, I feel like so much of Jack White. You don't have um, to be an apologist here, brother. Mozart, yeah, I know Mozart I'm, was pretentious I, but too. But I'm saying with, with Jack White, I feel like so much of his appeal is 
his image and and uh and 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 i don't i don't feel like and i've listened to the albums i've i've listened to the albums trust me i i i like the raconteurs for example i saw them live and i'm a really big fan of the raconteurs and what he did with them but like the solo stuff the white stripe stuff it just it never really did anything for me you know thank you for reminding of the last concert i saw it was the raconteurs oh man Mm. yeah um, I, I would, uh, uh, Jack, uh, listen, if you don't like it, you don't like it. And uh, I think mm. the aesthetic is pretty genuine. Uh, what I like about Jack White is he does have his own style. It may be one you don't like, but and I, I respect that. But I think it would, it's what makes him kind of stand out from everybody else. He's not being the sexy rock star, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, um, the whole red and white color style for the white stripes got tiresome for me, but whatever but what i find in me is incredibly genuine and you know i i'm going to go back to uh, uh, the opening scene to uh, a documentary called it might get loud that's where you had three guitar players from three gen- generations coming together to learn something about their style and their thing it's it's jimmy page of led zeppelin it's the edge from u2 and jack white and some people say what's jack white doing in there well it opens the opening sequence. It has Jack White sitting on his porch, and he takes a wire and he strings it on a nail across a, a, a block of wood, and then attaching it to another one, and then sliding in a pickup underneath that and playing on that one string. And it sounds electric. It sounds exciting. And he says, "That's all you need. It's raw. It's rock and roll, and that's all it is. It's how you hit that string, and it can sound like the most important thing in the world. And that's one minute into this documentary. Exactly. You you understand what he is all about. He is a really raw kind of player. And after a while, just like, enough. Sometimes he's out of tune. Sometimes it's not very melodic, and I get that. But like the Arcade Fire, he's striving to do something truly creative and different from everything else because everything else seems to have already been done. What Paul said. Yeah, you have to see that documentary. It is so much fun. No, I've seen it. I've definitely seen it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Watch those two. Watching each other. Watching these guys watch each other do their stuff, and it's great when he starts playing. Is it? Is it the uh, when Jimmy Page starts playing either Cashmere or Whole Lot of Love, and the Edge and Jack White literally stand up like they're standing to attention for the national anthem. It's like. Oh yeah, this riff. You know, Very it's cool. freaking so much fun to watch it these is. three dudes play with each other. You know, yeah, it is. So, I, wish they would yeah, do I, I really do. I was I was watching that and and I had the same feeling about the edge. I was like, why is this guy like like obviously Jimmy Page is a guitar oh. god and then and then I'm and then I'm watching the edge and I'm like, you know, I then, but he won me over though. I'm like, you know what? Like I I, yes. I respect it. He he he's brought something new to guitar like he's shifted you know the the instrument not so much it, it's kind of like what john frusciante does where it takes a backseat to the bass it's like you know he's 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 rejigged the the role of the guitar in the band and done it very i mean you can't argue with the success of it but there's something about jack white i don't know i don't know what it is and and again it's it could be my own bias but i see this guy making a guitar and i'm like oh give me a fucking break buddy like <laughs> Like, you're just trying like come on man like i i don't know to me it's like i i see it as like like him just trying to like you know be quirky and unique when he's sitting next to J- robert plant or jimmy page and i it just he, there's nothing it, and i know it's a bias but there's nothing that the guy can do where i where it to me where it comes off as like one of the things that rubbed me wrong way about jack white is that he called the the the, the black keys and ripped the tore them a new one because he said that that the black keys were stealing the white stripes thing and and because they were a two-person band and he like shit all over them for doing something that's i don't know i don't know fuck that guy i'm not I, i'm not into it at all <laughs> i don't like that guy man i think he's funny i think yeah, he's a big funny i want to back, back up real quick i mean okay so we've all established that three of the three or four of us really like jack white and one and not so much i know but but, yeah. but but i do love that idea of uh, i i think that would make a great documentary series of taking three musicians with one instrument who play it very differently i think you could get some legs out of that oh, it's a for great, sure it's a great Netflix. concept it's cool you know to have to have the, it's yeah, almost like that, the comedians in cars drinking coffee or whatever but with mm-hmm. m- musicians 
yeah. making instruments yep. out of wood. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, all, whatever yeah. other pretentious things they want to do. <laughs> I have a I have a podcast uh, recommendation to end the show off today here, cool. and it actually came from uh, even though my daughter has mentioned this beforehand, uh, I was reminded by Max Kernan, the lead singer of. Um, the Arkells, and he's all made, he's all really excited about uh, Sound Exploder. Sound Exploder mm. is a podcast which takes a song and uh, deconstructs it and tells the story around it. So everything oh, cool. from the, from the demo to the final recording. And <clears throat> coincidentally, this past fall, there is now Sound Exploders moved over to Netflix. There's a four part series. Oh Again, wow! Single cool. single artist song. Uh, Alicia Keys and REM are part of this whole thing, which nice. is kind of great. But I went back to the podcast and I I went down this list and I have to admit I was not familiar with some of the songs of the artists, but I did find one that I did know and. Of course, um, the song is Closing Time by uh, And by the end of this thing, I was weeping because it's a great story. Uh, it's not so much about the song itself, but it's the life experiences of Dan Wilson, the singer and the writer of the song, which took place at the same time. And when you get to the end of this journey, you're just, going, <laughs> you're just doing one of these, you're just wiping the tears really? out of your head. Story, man. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I want you to check out Sound Exploder, both the podcast, and I haven't seen the Netflix series yet. Um, <laughs> my phone just fell down. Paul <laughs> uh, just fell off his chair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, but check that one out. You know, if you're looking for a music podcast, and again, try to find something, and it's it's relatively short. It's like thirty minutes or something like that. Cool. I, okay. I, I, yeah. I really, I really love stuff like that, where like you, you, you get a completely new context for something that's always been a part of your life. Like I think every bar, every bar you've ever been to at, at, at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. when they're closing yeah. it, they play that fucking I song <laughs> or like yep. they would play that. They used to play that at like, at uh, like Home Depot and stuff when I was working there to get everybody out of the store. It's but, ubiquitous. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. And yet yeah. it, has a, it has a great story. And he talks about that. He said cool. that it starts with the band saying, hey, we need a song that's going to close our sets. And, you know, he tries to infuse something a little bit more than about a bar closing down and who are you going to go home with at the end of the night? He tried to give it a, a, a second meaning. and all. So it goes through all that. But that's interesting. What's really kind of great, though, is the life story that his personal life story that goes mm. along with it. Very, and cool. I will just say it has something to do with his newborn daughter, and I'll mm. leave it at that. Right on. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's really, really great. Right on. Yeah, I, I'm gonna check that out. I've heard of I've heard of that podcast before, and I've been meaning to check it out. So I, I'm definitely gonna dig into it today. Right. Sound Exploder for those of you who missed it. All right. Cool. Sweet. And that's all I got. Anybody right else? on, gentlemen. No, no, I'm good. I'm no, good. that was yeah. great, Polly. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, man. that was so good. I'm going to get a TikTok and do some dancing videos from yeah. Black. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we got to get that promo. <laughs> Have a good we'll dance day, the, we'll, we'll dance the closing time. Yeah. All right. See you guys. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LaFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter.